0: I don't know, man. We've got a a microphone here, microphone here, and a tape. I don't know that I have enough room. (laughs) Let's just see. We'll just see. Um, (laughs) Sometimes you just need some space, you know? (laughs) How are y'all doing this morning? (laughs) Um, uh, Kevin and several of the grown-ups are gone, so we get to play. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm excited about... um, Spending some time talking about the Holy Spirit today. Are you excited about that? I'll tell you what, I've not sat on the front row in a while because we've just kind of been sitting in the back. Front rows are dangerous. There's like this... Um I, I'm just telling you, the closer you move to the front of the room, the thicker it becomes. Um And it's it can... Mess with you, I'm like I just want them to keep singing. I just want to keep worshiping, and let's just do that. But you know, they have their plans. I have mine. And uh, but today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into the Word and see what He says. You know, we all have these um, perceptions and maybe sometimes misconceptions regarding the Holy Spirit and the the role that He has in our lives. And and maybe we just might address a few of those today. Do we have the Scriptures ready, guys? Yes, we do. Would you stand with me and let's read a couple of passages. But I tell you the truth. It is for your benefit that I am going away. These are the words of Jesus. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Then we're going to skip down a few verses uh, lower. It says, However, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears, and he will declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me by taking from what is mine and disclosing it to you. Oh, my goodness. Everything that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said that the Spirit will take from what is mine and disclose it to you. We could stop right there if you're thinking about the fact that the Father has given everything to Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus, before he leaves, decides he's going to give us one thing. One thing, don't you think that one thing would be super important? And he said, it's important that I go away so that this can come, so that this can happen. Uh, and then we'll go into the next passage. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Oh my goodness, to have someone pray for you, to intercede for you in accordance to what he knows the will of the Father is. Because see, we don't always know what the will of the Father is, but somebody does. The Holy Spirit of God does. So Father, I thank you, Lord, for this precious Holy Spirit Spirit that you have given to us. And Father, I pray that today we would uh, honor him in everything that we do. Father, I'm asking for a greater understanding of this beautiful gift, this part of the Trinity that's spoken so little of these days, Father. I ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit have His way in this room today. May I share about Him the things that He wants known about Him today. I pray, Father, that all of my opinions fall away and that Your truth stand and produce fruit in our life, consistent with righteousness, and the family of God said... Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Okay. Um, For those who do not know me, a lot of you know me, and a lot of you know my history and have forgiven me for it. Um, But uh, those of you who don't know me, I grew up very Pentecostal. Uh, My father was a pastor, and he pastored the Pentecostal Deliverance Church of God. Sounds like a flexible spot to me, doesn't it to you? Um, And everything that went with that uh, was a part of my life. I mean, we didn't, no makeup for sure, no jewelry, uh, no haircuts. We had three skirt lengths. This would have kind of been like, well, we would have never worn these, I'm just telling you. Uh, We would have been um, not so graciously invited to exit, Um, but we had three skirt lengths. It was basically holy. Would have been below your ankles. Heathen would have been above the ankle, and anything above that was hell in a handbasket. And so (laughs) I tried to to live somewhere between holy and heathen most of my life, which was easy to do because my mom made all my clothes. (laughs) I'm like, early mama bonnets are not popular anymore. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, let me tell you something. My perception of the Holy Spirit, oh, wait a minute, no, the Holy Ghost because we knew him by a street name. <laughs> yeah, only fancy people and Catholics called him the Holy Spirit. We knew him as the Holy Ghost, and both of those words combined, those are a little daunting. I mean, think about that. I mean, as a kid, my dad used to preach pretty often, 99.9% will not get you into heaven. I'm like, boy, am I going to burn. And... Uh, <laughs> And he would say, 99.9%, is not going to get you there. And I would think, oh, Lord, then how does anybody make it? How's anybody going to make it? And then you add the word ghost to it. I mean, you're little. Do you really want to deal with a ghost? I don't think you do. And some of the manifestations. now I'm going to do this with the utmost respect. Y'all have to understand, I loved my church when I was little. Didn't understand a thing that was going on, but I loved it. And... uh, one of the things about the Holy Spirit were there were expected manifestations in the Spirit at that time, and they were understandable manifestations based on the understanding of the people and the time and the need and all of that. But as a child, I didn't necessarily understand it. And so, like, those of you who don't know Katie, the one who sang Ain't No Graves, that's my daughter in... Uh, Her grandmother, I asked her to sing that this morning because her grandmother, my mom, and my dad used to sing that song on Sunday nights. You couldn't sing it on Sunday mornings because that was a shouter. And uh, on Sunday nights, my dad liked to have Knock Down Drag Out. I thought that was the name of the service, but I guess it wasn't. But... These, that when the Holy Spirit would move in that place at that time, it was very different. So our responses to the Holy Spirit were very different. If they, uh, When they would hit about, really, by the end of the first verse of that song, there would not be one person left in the pews. <laughs> there would be some empty shoes in the aisleway <laughs> and a couple of people out on Oliver uh, Springs Turnpike, but... Um, Because it was one of those things, it's like they expressed that when they encountered a move of the Holy Spirit, they were not as reserved as you and I seem to be most of the time. And so there might be, there might be some that were shouting. There might be some that maybe took a lap or two around the, uh, and don't think that that's super, uh, crazy or distant because they used to do that in that other building over here too uh, when I came here many, many years ago. But the manifestations of the Holy Spirit are so diverse. We know that if he has nine fruits and nine gifts that we just know about, why would we limit him to one kind of move? See, just because nobody in here was taking a lap or just because nobody else left their shoes in the hallway or nobody was slain in the the spirit except for that one person who may have fallen asleep there in worship over here, but... Just because that's not our response doesn't mean our response is any smaller or any less than that. It is just, I know now, back then when my daddy would hit those first few chords or keys on the <laughs> on the guitar, I kind of wanted to go hide somewhere and watch um, because I knew it was going to get interesting. And I knew what the response of the people was going to be. But on this side of it, I look back at that and I think, God, how gracious you were in those days. Because see, he met them where they were in their need, in a manifestation that they understood and that they embraced and that they needed in that moment. Now we could have a day like that. We don't know. God knows our need. But I love that he did that because looking back, the people sitting on the pews next to me, they were coal miners and they were farmers and they were people who were fighting every single day to put food on the table for their families. And so I absolutely love that the Holy Spirit, in the wisdom and knowledge that He carried, came in and uh, to, and put super over their natural. He took this wonderful thing that infused for a brief moment in the lives of the people an awe and a wonder that there is something bigger, something better, something greater than their day-to-day life. The Holy Spirit met and manifest in a way that ministered to his people and I want you to know he's still doing that today. He's still doing that today <laughs> There were a few things that I thought I knew about the Holy Spirit when I was a kid. I mean, outside of the talking in tongues and outside of the uh, gifts and the fruits and everything, I had a few things that I thought I knew about the Holy Ghost. One of which was human flesh had a strange reaction to him. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, I was a little bit trepidatious, and I think, you know, I don't I don't know that I, I want this Holy Ghost because I don't know what's going to happen when I receive him on this side of it. Oh, my goodness, what a blessing to have had that kind of upbringing, to have that had that kind of lifestyle. And so I knew, number one, that the Holy Spirit— um, was not going to respond and act the way that I expected him to and that I most likely would not respond and act in a way that I expected myself to should I encounter him. And, and uh, that was a little off-putting, honestly, as a kid. The second thing I knew based upon the scripture and the uh, the words that had come from the pulpit was, I knew you did not grieve him, you did not resist him, and you did not um, quench him. no, no quenching <laughs> no resisting and no grieving which was funny because my grandmother i lived with her for a while when i was little and when i would start getting on her nerves she'd go barbie just get on out of here you're grieving me you're grieving me <laughs> and so i'm and i thought so obvious i can't bother the holy spirit because he doesn't like to be grieved <laughs> And resist, I knew that resist meant to disobey. And I thought, okay, he doesn't like to be uh, bothered and he doesn't like to be disobeyed. And quench, I couldn't quite get to because I knew it had something to to do with water. And so I thought, well, maybe he just doesn't like water. And uh, so I didn't bother him. I tried to be obedient and I didn't mess with water when I was around him unless it was a pool of Bethesda service or a foot washing, in which case I was required to refill the tub when Sister Gertrude Moore fell off. Over and it spilled up her dress. <laughs> I just had such a flashback. <laughs> but let me tell you something I didn't understand because when we're a child, we think like a child. And when we are older, we put away childish things, you know? Well, the other thing that I knew about the Holy Spirit or I thought I knew was that you did not blaspheme the Holy Spirit because it was the one sin that you could not be forgiven for. And what really complicated that was I didn't understand what blaspheme meant. And so when Sister Moore would fall out and all of that would happen, there were times when I would get tickled. I mean, I was a kid, and it was funny. And so in my child's mind, I thought, what if I have blasphemed the Holy Spirit? Because I laughed when Gertrude fell. And and I didn't understand. I started to get this fear in me because I thought, Lord, I know. I know that I have, um, you know, that I have grieved you. I know that I have probably aggravated you and resisted you and all of the rest, but I know I've gotten forgiven for that. But what about this blaspheme thing? And, and I went to my mom finally, and she settled it for me. I'm like, Mom, I think I might have blasphemed. <laughs> I love it. Parents are so cool. I mean, they just, mm, really? <laughs> so, so blasphemy is today, huh? Um, and I said, yeah, I think I might have. And she said, Barbie, if, you think, if you're concerned about it, if you're worried about it, then you most likely haven't done it. Because see, when you blaspheme and you don't have forgiveness in your life, then you get turned over to this thing called a reprobate mind. And if you have a reprobate mind, then you're not going to be concerned about it. You know, I'm just thinking blasphemy and a reprobate mind, not a normal conversation for a (laughs) five-year-old. But that should give you a glimpse into my past. (laughs) should explain a lot. But those were the things that I grew up with, misconceptions and perceptions about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost of God, that I didn't understand. And so as I got older and and the Lord began to uh, try and fix me, To give me a right understanding, don't you know that when you have a history with something and you have preconceived notion and ideas about this something, that you can't just change your mind one day and decide not to think that way? Fortunately for us the word tells us that we can have our minds renewed and I needed to have my mind renewed regarding the work and the role of the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost and so I did what I knew to do the word says that we are washed by the uh, we're renewed with the washing of the water of the word Some of us need to have our minds renewed regarding several things, many things. And the only thing that we can do to have our minds renewed is to have it renewed by the Word. And so the Lord began to open up the Scriptures. I began to study the Holy Spirit. I began to ask Him what He wanted me to know about Him. What is the truth about the Holy Spirit? And He began to open up some things to me that um, just changed it all for me. You know, it's so easy for us to attribute to God or even to attribute to Jesus works and roles and things in our life that are actually moves of the Holy Spirit and functions of the Holy Spirit. Not that we want to take away anything from God or from Jesus, but I want us to understand the Holy Spirit is equally as important. The Holy Spirit is um, just, just... a beautiful manifestation of our Father. You know that the word ruach, there is a word, I wrote a song many years ago called ruach, and it is the breath of God. There's a ruach, yahweh and it is literally the breath of god and that is the expression that we get the picture that we get of the holy spirit according to the word the literal breath of god full of word full of truth all of these things that is breathed by god the holy spirit and so when i began to study that there's so many directions i wanted to go to go okay lord i'll study the fruits of the spirit you know i'll i'll get into the love and the joy and the peace or i'll get into the gifts of the spirit But that wasn't where he took me. He took me, the very first thing he took me to was the simplest of scriptures because that's what God does. He he is not trying to overcomplicate anything. In him, it's so simple. And he took me to uh, 2 Corinthians. Let me give it to you. If you have your scripture, 2 Corinthians verse 13. I'm sorry, chapter 13, verse 14. Guys, this is It's not an expected Holy Spirit scripture, but it's a benediction. It is literally a one-sentence benediction given by Paul, who having written at least 13 books of the Bible probably knows what he's talking about. And he's closing his letters to the Corinthian people and he says this. He says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Look at that one more time. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. That exploded in my spirit. That exploded in my spirit because it's such a simple and I, it's not all encompassing, guys, because there's so many facets to our God and to, to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit. But this is one that I could grab hold of that made a difference in my life uh, and made a difference in my walk. The words that are used here, it says, may the grace of Jesus Christ. The word there is "caris." May the grace of Jesus Christ be uh, with you. That's the favor, the unmerited favor. Do you understand that when you walk in favor, when you are walking in favor, and unmerited things happen in your life that you know you don't deserve, and uh, and there's just this blessing in your life? Do you know that that is the charis of Christ Jesus? Do you understand that that's his presence working in your life? I love it in John, or no, in Luke, I'm sure probably says in John too, but in Luke it talks about Jesus growing up, and it says he grew in grace, in charis, and strength. It also tells us in the book of John, it says, that uh, talking about the word becoming flesh, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and it, it refers to him again, full of charis and truth. So this Jesus, this favor, this divine favor that we walk in, you know, so often I attributed that to the Holy Spirit. And I know that the Holy Spirit's involved in that, but I love this, this same grace, you know, this same charis, when the angel appeared to Mary and says, blessed are you among women. And and he begins to talk about the grace, the charis, in her life, and how amazing that she would give birth to Caris, to Grace, to uh, this this unmerited favor that she would carry. Next, it tells us that the agape of God, the agape. Not only do we have the unmerited favor of Jesus Christ in our life, we have the agape, the uh, boundless, um, unending love of God you know that one was a hard one for me to grasp for some reason and uh when i was a i think i honestly think many of us uh can attribute some of the characteristics of our earthly father to our heavenly father if we're not careful and and though my father was a pastor when he was young many of you know some of you may not know he wound up leaving the church and he wound up leaving me and my three sisters and my mom and um, even when he was home, and I love my dad. He was broken um, and I loved him, but he struggled. He had been abused and, and people who have been abused deal with things in different ways. And, and so his way of dealing with us, if, if we didn't meet a standard or didn't uh, come up high enough, he would go silent he he didn't like fuss and yell he never spanked us not one time but he would totally shut down and act as if you were not in the building and i attributed that to god when i first came to the lord i i believed with all of my heart that jesus loved me cuz the felt jesus said he did on the felt board and you know i saw him with lambs and children i knew jesus loved me that's what the song said jesus loves me so i believed that the God part, not so much. I felt like um, probably like I felt with my father many times was I felt like he had to love me because I was his child or because my mom told him he had to. And uh, and I kind of felt that way with God. I, I, a lot of times I felt like um, he only loved me because of what Jesus had done on the cross. I thought... If I did anything wrong, I could sense this or I imagined, because it wasn't true, I imagined this silence across the heavens. Because surely if that's the way my father responded to me upsetting him, then that must be how God did. Can I tell you what an amazing thing it was to find a God who loved me and I look at it sometimes and I'm like, Lord, you're so smart. I mean, it was the very first passage of scripture that I ever memorized. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I used to quote that, but somehow I missed the first portion of that. And I was like, oh, Jesus came and he died for my sin. Well, understand that he did that because God... God so loved you. God so loved us. And learning that and grasping that was an amazing thing for me. And then he took me to a scripture one day and I'm like, wait, I didn't know that that was even there. And it was for the father himself loves you dearly. What? What? He loves me dearly? Are you sure? The love of God, the agape of God, that is who he is. It's not what he does. It's who he is. God loves you. And some of you need to know that God loves you. Now that brings us to the third. And guys, this one was a revelation for me because all of my experience with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost had everything to do with the activity uh, that I saw of the Holy Spirit, you know, whatever the manifestation might have been at the time. But this word right here in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14 tells us Paul is wishing them the fellowship. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You know the word there, used there? I mean, we've got caris, we've got agape of God, and we have the koinonia of the Spirit. The fellowship of the Spirit. That That to me... Guys, I didn't understand this sense of unity, this sense of family that we get, this communion that you get is when you are part of the body of Christ. Do you understand that that is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit's work and presence in your life as much as anything else? I mean, what a, what a beautiful thing that was to me to know that this, this you know, when you pray and you begin to uh, seek the Lord and you can just feel His presence fill the room and, and there's just this fellowship that He has for us, this fellowship that He brings. And uh, I never understood that is the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work, that, that unity, that, that closeness, that fellowship, that's Him. I know this. There are three things that I do know in my life now regarding the Holy Spirit. Three places that He has met me that I did not necessarily know that He was going to meet me. And the very first thing is the passage of Scripture that we just read. He leads me. The Holy Spirit anchors us to truth. The Holy Spirit anchors us centers us to the truth. Guys, I needed that based on how I grew up and some of the things I hid a lot growing up. I had a lot of things. I had a lot of bruises and a lot of wounds like everybody else. But because of that, I was not, I just wasn't an honest person. I'll just be real transparent with you. If I could get out of it or if I could uh, avoid an issue, by lying about it, I did. I, it's what I did. It's what I saw. I saw it in my family. Um, I have, we had have a long history of illegal activity. And... Uh, <laughs> but it was what I saw and it was what I knew. And it just seemed like the easy thing to do. And so when the Holy spirit began to work in my life, one of the first things he did, it wasn't about tongues or interpretation or it wasn't about miracles. It wasn't about laying on a hands. He began to teach me how to live honestly, how to live honestly. God, some of us need to learn how to live honestly to tell the truth to live genuine lives that, that just are honest before the people we work with, before the people we go to church with, before the people that we say we love, and before the Lord. To just be honest and quit hiding, come out from under the shadow of darkness that the enemy loves to put us under and learn to live honestly. That is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in my life. It wasn't a habit I could break. It was a, a control. It was a bondage that only the Word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit could change in my life. I needed that. I needed him to be uh, teach me to live honestly. I know now that he does that. That spirit of truth teaches me to live honestly. The second thing that I know about him is he is my voice. He gives me a voice when I don't know how to pray, when I don't know how to talk to the Lord, when I don't know how to do anything and I cannot find it. The Holy Spirit that searches the heart of God comes and he intercedes for me in a way that that I might not understand. That scripture says with groanings and utterings. I used to uh, travel some and I would go do some services or I'd go play the piano at churches and sing and all this stuff. And I was at a church one time And I was sitting at the piano, and I was playing, and I was singing, and there was this move of the Holy Spirit in that space that was uh, palpable. I I hope, I pray that all of you have been in a space like that before, um, where the Holy Spirit just moves in and, and just begins to flood the room. And from the very back row, this young woman stood up. Actually, I could hear her before I saw her. She didn't look like she was much older than Chelsea. Uh, but she just began to oh, I could hear it. I could hear this stirring in her. And my hands just kind of steeled on the on the keyboard because I could feel what was getting already <laughs> happen in that space. As I played and I stopped singing, she began to groan in the spirit the most. It was sorrow. It was grief embodied. It was the most, um, you know, Sometimes when people do something and it goes straight from their spirit into yours and you feel what they're feeling and she just began to wail and to groan. And guys, I have done a lot of funerals and I've been at a lot of things where I've experienced grief and seen grief, but I hadn't experienced that before. And as she groaned and she cried and she just be uh, began to cry out to the Lord with this groan that I had never heard. She stood up and she started down the aisle way, and these little kids step out of the aisle behind her. And half of the church cleared and came behind her and followed her down the aisle. And she literally just fell, groaning. And I'm sitting there and I'm playing, the, just playing the piano uh, softly and tears are rolling down my face and and I'm interceding for her. And I know the Holy Spirit is interceding for her. And uh, the whole thing, and I, can I tell you something? There was this wind there was this wind that filled the space and how can tell you he was there. It's like this, there was, there was no reason for there to be a, a wind in this place, but I felt like the Lord had just filled it with his angels. I felt like he had just filled that space with his presence and, and, uh, as she wailed and as she cried, the Holy Spirit just began to. It was like this rushing water just ran through that place. And there were healings. And there were um, just, I can't even tell you everything that happened in that space. Because only the Holy Spirit and God know. Oh, man, the power was palpable. When it was all said and done after the service, I went to the pastor. And I'm like, what was that? And he said those were her kids. And her husband was killed in a car wreck this week. And she had been so strong, and she had stood strong because of those babies and because of those families. But in that moment, when she encountered the Holy Spirit of God, a truth hit her, that grief hit her. And in that safe space in the presence of the Lord, she just began to pour out her heart. She just began to pour out her truth that she was broken. The Holy Spirit gave her a voice when she didn't know how to pray when she didn't know what to do in that situation, I want you to know the Holy Spirit will give you a voice when you don't know how to pray, when you don't know what to say, when the things are devastating or when they're wonderful. The Holy Spirit will intercede for you. I know He can teach you to live honestly. He can give you a voice because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And then we know that He is our seal. He seals us. The work of the Holy Spirit, praise Him, you can come on out. The work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is that He seals us. He is a mark and a seal on our life. I want you to hear this. Ephesians 1.13. It says, Jesus, and you were included in Christ. You were included in Christ. When you receive the Holy Spirit of God, when you invite Him and begin to function within the things that He has called you to, when you allow Him to birth in you an honesty, a desire to live honestly, a commitment to walk that way, when you allow Him to be your voice in prayer, when you allow Him to do that, He becomes that that seal over your life. You know, to me, that's the tattoo that I have. In the Spirit, I think when you belong to God and the Holy Spirit is a part of your life, I believe when the enemy passes by you, he sees the seal of God on you, Sandy. He sees the seal of God on you. He sees the seal of God on you, Arwen, on you, Sherry. Spirit seals us toward the day of salvation. That's what He does. That's who He is. All of those other things, all of the other manifestations, they're wonderful. They are bonuses. They're blessings. They are operations of that same Holy Spirit. But the thing that I am most grateful for is that He has sealed me to that day when when the the, uh, skies part And our father calls us home because it's coming. If it's in the word, you grab onto some of the promises. This is one of his promises. One day the skies are going to roll back and the the voice of God, that trumpet is going to sound. And the dead in Christ are going to rise. And those who went before, let me tell you something. I want to be sealed on that day. I want to be sealed on that day. Don't you? don't you? I do. (laughs) Lord knows I need it. So Father, I thank you for the gift and the work and the presence and the role and the priority of the precious Holy Spirit, of the Holy Ghost of God. I thank you, Lord, for that portion of the Trinity. I thank you for the three in one. I thank you we don't just get two. We got all three, Father God. One would have been more than enough, but Father, you always give more. And I am grateful. I am so grateful for you. So grateful. So Holy Spirit... I'm asking that you woo your people this morning. The word says that no man comes unto the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws him. And Father, I'm asking, Lord, that you release the Holy Spirit to draw today, Father. And I pray that you would breathe over this place this morning. The very breath of God. Bless you, Lord. If I have elders, if you would come forward. If anybody needs prayer, I believe that there's a, de- a special dispensation of grace this morning for those who want to move and operate in the Holy Spirit to allow that spirit of truth. If you've been living a lie, if you've been walking in places that aren't genuine and not being who God created you to be, there's an anointing for you this morning. Or if you're in a situation that you don't know how to pray about this, you don't know how to fix this, but you need the Holy Spirit to, to make intercession for you, there are people here that can pray with you this morning. And if you're not sure and sealed, if you're not sure that the Holy Spirit has done this and that you are sealed for that day, salvation is available for you today as well. We're gonna sing a song just for a moment. If you would stand.